Welcome to Netfront Presence. I'm Jeff Gordon of the Post-Dispatch, joined by the beat reporters Jim Thomas and Tom Timmerman. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, the more pleasant news here following a rather disastrous 7-4 uh, loss to the uh, god-awful New Jersey Devils. We'll get to all that and Jordan Bennington in a bit. But first of all, JT, uh, the much-awaited contract extension for uh, the Chief and a, and a vote of confidence, I think, in terms of what he's been able to do developing some younger players because this has really become a team in transition. Yeah, it, it, it really has. I, I think, uh, although it wasn't the case last night, it, it's shifting more to Cairo and, and, and Thomas in terms of the future of, of the team to the point where Doug Armstrong says he thinks the window uh, that he talked about a five-year window when uh, uh, Barubi was hired, but uh, he thinks the window, and, and now it's what? It's, it's four years later, but he thinks the window might be extended now with these guys. Again, didn't look that way last night, but yeah, uh, a real vote of confidence for Craig Berube. I think all of us, uh, not just media people, but uh, fans are wondering, you know, what took so long, but uh, you know, uh, about a week or so ago, when I, when I talked to Armstrong about it, he said, Hey, it's not an issue. We're, we're, we're working on it. He, you know, at the appropriate time, they'll, 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 uh, they'll get something done. And uh, I guess now is the appropriate time, but uh, yeah, good, good for Craig Berube. Uh, it, continuity never hurts an organization. And uh, I, I think his message has, has stayed fresh. It hasn't gone stale with the players. They still respond to him. And uh, so we move forward and uh, boy, you give, you give uh, Doug Armstrong a little time, like this 12, uh, 12 day window during the, uh, the extended all-star break, he clears some things off his desk. I mean, obviously Baruby was the big thing, but you know, he, he uh, re-ups Bortuzzo and Logan Brown and even one of the uh, prospects uh, down in Springfield, Alexei Torpchenko. So uh, he's, he's got a little bit less on his, uh, on his plate uh, in terms of uh, what might happen in the off season now. You know, the life of an NHL coach is to get fired and, you know, Barubi is already up to eighth in seniority with tenure with his, with his current team right now. So, so he's up there, but um, you know, yeah, three more years though. You know, does he, does he get to the end? Because I was looking through the last, you know, every blues coach gets fired. Um, you have to go back to Bobby Plager in 1992 to find a blues coach who didn't get fired. Uh, you know, didn't uh, outlast, was able to outlast his contract and, and Plager resigned. Uh, so um yeah but he's there for now and um you know we'll see how see how long this lasts but at least he's um the, the immediate future is uh, is safe well one thing the way i look at it too jt is that it what it does is it gives him you know he wasn't the highest paid coach by a long shot uh when he won the stanley cup so worst case scenario for the chief is he just got a nice severance package if this thing to tom's point you know lifespan of NHL coaches, uh, you know, it just speaks for itself. What happens to most coaches history tells us, you know, long tenures are rare. The, uh, the Barry Trotz in Nashville thing is, a, is an anomaly. So um, yeah, at the very least, you're talking about a guy, if that push does come to shove, you know, he's, he's going to be uh, sufficiently rewarded for making history. Yeah. Yeah. And as he should, it's funny, Tom and I were talking yesterday. We were thinking of that first, press conference when he was introduced as the uh, uh, interim uh, head coach replacing Mike Gell. And 
it was just a disastrous press conference. I mean, uh, Baruby was uh, so gruff, didn't, 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 didn't have a whole lot to say. And I was just thinking, who, who is, who is this guy? I mean, I, I don't think, uh, many of us knew, knew much about him and, uh, and, and how long is this guy going to last? Well, by, as Tom pointed out, by blue standards, he, he's lasted pretty, pretty long. And, uh, you know, I found him to be uh, entertaining, uh, quote, in, in his own way. Yeah, I remember sitting there in that room out of the, the mills or the ice zone and just thinking, you know, we're going to be going through this again, uh, you know, in, in not very long because, the, and the way the team was playing, it's like, well, why are they going to start playing better for Craig Berube? But uh, they have played better. Uh, for Craig Berube now you know hasn't won a postseason game that's something that uh, the Blues would you know need to change going forward here because they're since winning the Stanley Cup the postseasons have not been great yeah and I guess part of the deal is I mean had he not signed this extension and got just gone into the postseason that would have put all the focus on well you know win or else and of course the team wants to win but to get back to your point earlier JT um the other goal for this team is, is, is to progress going forward with, you know, Huso and Nico and, uh, you know, Perunovic and of course, Thomas and Cairo and, you know, Clem Costum with a nice goal. Your guy, Clem, are Clem you back a, on to maybe getting the Jersey or no? Yeah. Yeah. You know, nice goal of Dakota Joshua getting in there, banging around. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's going to be focus on to Tom's point, trying to win a, a postseason game would be nice. Uh, but also, there's a recognition here that this is uh, this team again. Going back to the earlier comment, it's uh, it's a bit of a process with this group because this, you know, this team is uh, is is in the midst of evolving. Yeah, it, it sure is, and we saw not just with the appearance of uh, Dakota Joshua last night, but the, with who we replaced in the lineup, Tyler Bozak, in his own way, uh, a staple uh, of. Uh, of the team was, was a healthy scratch. And, you know, other than his contributions on uh, uh, special teams, while well, the penalty kill, he's still very effective there. He just, we just haven't gotten a lot out of uh, uh, Tyler Bozak this year. And so again, and that was just one, maybe small example, but of uh, yeah, kind of the uh, ongoing evolution of, uh, uh, of this team. Yeah. You, I keep getting the impression they like Dakota Joshua. They're giving Dakota Joshua as many chances as they can. He's not getting every chance, but he's getting as many, you know, they called him up. I mean, they had to put Perunovic on long-term IR to call up Joshua to be able to do this. So they want to give him a look. They think he's going to, you know, I think they think he's going to be a fourth line center, probably the fourth line center next year. So, um, you know, these are all learning experiences for Dakota Joshua, but still, as much as they like him, you know, his minutes still remain low. I mean, he's, he was in single digits again uh, yesterday. Uh, also, okay, we talked earlier about the uh, – you touched on Robert Bortuzzo's contract. I found that to be a classic win-win. Um, the team uh, gets continuity, which you mentioned is important. Um, Bortuzzo's a character guy, uh, sacrifices the body. Uh, maybe he doesn't sometimes when he steps up on defense, it doesn't get the job done. There's, it's problematic. And we saw that last night. He got, got piloted at the blue line. But, you know, for the money they gave him, um, it's a team-friendly deal. And for Robert, it's a chance to stay put and stay in the NHL in a role that, you know, at, the, at that price point, you know, he could end up um, as a seventh defenseman or even an eighth guy. It's just a depth guy. At those dollars, it just made sense for both sides. 
Yeah, it sure does. And he provides that, uh, that sandpaper element that this team needs. I mean, uh, uh, again, the, the game overall, uh, we've talked about this uh, many times on the net front, seems to continuing to evolve in the NHL, not just the Blues into speed and skill, but you still need physical players, especially as you come down the stretch of a season and get into the playoffs. We, we see it over and over again. The playoffs get more physical and uh, uh, the Blues don't have a lot of guys like that. I mean, that that factors into uh, what Tom and, and, and was talking about with uh, with Joshua. I mean, Nathan Walker has been killing it down there. He's got like eight goals in his last eight games, something like that. But they wanted uh, they wanted size here for this stretch run. And they got, you know, Bortuzzo took a pay cut. I mean, this contract's $425,000 less per year. $425,000 less. Again, that's, that's not just a pocket change. Now, if you're Bortuzzo, you're smart enough to realize – you know, I'm 30, whatever, whatever he is old, where, where else am I going to go and make a, you know, almost a million dollars on a contract. Uh, but uh, Doug Armstrong is pretty effective at, uh, uh, you know, getting guys to, to, to uh, uh, do cap friendly and team friendly uh, contracts. I mean, he did it with Tyler Bozak, uh, uh, who's, you know, obviously in the twilight of his career, Jay Bomeister, uh, uh, took pay cuts on, on late contracts. And it, it is what, what has kept this team going in terms of, of being able to, uh, to uh, stay under the, uh, the cap because it's been ever since I've been on the beat, it's been uh, 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 mathematical gymnastics to, to stay under the cap for these guys. Yeah. And, and I mean, Bozak's not making all that much above the league minimum in nine fifty and the minimum seven fifty. So, you know, if you're going to, you need oh, Bert- guys Bertuzzo, make, you mean? Yeah. Bertuzzo. Yeah. So you need guys who are going to make that much money to, to, to work out the cap and Bertuzzo does that. Um, and, and you're going to, you know, you, you could pay a, a Jake Wallman type seven fifty, or you could pay an experienced guy like Bertuzzo nine fifty. And so when I go with him, I want, you know, Bertuzzo bought a house, you know, and you wonder, does, does Armstrong look at that and say, well, this guy's bought a house. He's, he's, we can get him. He, he doesn't want to have to pack. So this is, this, this, this enables us to strike a deal because he wants to stay uh, here. Whose house yeah, was it? Was it Jake Allen's house? Jake or? Allen's house. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So, but the thing is, you know, the beauty of this is that he's going to accept whatever role comes his way. Right. And you don't want to put a young guy in that role like Jake Wallman. It's not been helpful for Jake to be stuck in that role. And someday Robert may be in that role, but he'll accept that role because he's a good team guy. And he, you know, when called on, he'll do his thing. And if he's not called on, he'll be a good soldier. And there's value. Yeah, and, and stay ready. He, 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 until this year, uh, he's been like six, seven and out of the lineup a lot, but he always, he always stays ready. Yeah. And I, I, I think you could at times play him, Further up on the right, he could be a second pairing guy. I mean, he just hasn't gotten the chance. He is just traditionally a third pairing guy, but you know, he puts up some good numbers in those places. So, you know, if, if needed, I think he could, but I don't know that he will, especially with the current configuration of defensemen this team has. Yeah, real another reminder of how he's willing to give up the body was, and we'll touch on Bennington a bit uh, more, of course. But uh, when Jordan was off wandering around, um, <laughs> outside the net uh, was uh, Bortuzzo who tried to go into his best pad stacking, uh, laying down and trying to be big in front of the uh, shooter. 
Uh, luckily, Bennington got in behind him to, to help, but uh, that is, you know, whatever it takes from Robert Bortuzzo. Real quickly on the other contracts, um, the thought on Brown was, to me, uh, they need the depth because, as we've talked about, the, the guys they have coming up are going to need more time, particularly on the skill side, uh, what, they, what they do have uh, at forward. And this team is going to offload some people, and at some point you're going to need this depth uh, to um, – you know, just to make the numbers work. So they want to invest a little more time in Brown. And, you know, if you have to have to put them on waivers and lose them uh, so at some point, um, you know, maybe the one-way contract uh, deters that. Or, you know, maybe it's just, to me, it's just a sensible move to invest a little more time in them. Uh, and the other guy, Trop Chenko, um, to me, that's just a, hey, let's make sure this guy doesn't wander back to the KHL and take a contract there, you know. So, I mean, he, just making sure that he doesn't, get that sort of overture because he's right on the cusp of being a valuable player here. Yeah. 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 Brown, a depth guy, a guy that he's got some skill. And uh, so you're exactly right. I, I think that, you know, uh, you're going to need bodies. Not everybody on this roster is, 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 is going to be back. You see how it works. And if it doesn't work out, you're not out a lot of money. Uh, I, you know, I could see why, uh, uh, you know, they got something for, uh, for Sanford. They, they wanted to, to unload uh, 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 Zach. And uh, Torbchenko, they really like. And uh, I, I think I said before, when he was up before, they, uh, I, I think they, for a game or two, they had a fourth line of Kostin, Joshua, and Torbchenko. And you, you talk about the Bruce brothers. You know, Torbchenko likes to, to hit two, and he's a pretty good skater. And I don't know, may, maybe that's a fourth line of the future. I don't know what that does to uh, Oscar Sundquist. But uh, uh, the only thing with all three of those guys, although Kostin – will show flashes is can they put the puck in the net? Cause, uh, uh, and most, most fourth liners are like that. They're not great scorers, but, uh, yeah, Torpchenko is a guy that they like them. Is there, is there a fourth line Russian center they could put in there with, with Costa and Torpchenko and, uh, <laughs> you know, you'd have to bump Barbashev down or something. I don't think there's any in the system right now. Well, there's yeah. Alexandrov, but I, he's no, not really true. a bruise brother. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so let's get to the tough topic here. Um, ob obvious decision. It was not a hard decision for me, for the Chief, to try to get Bennington back on track. He hadn't played much. Then there's the break. He, we've talked about it before. He had to sit there during the break and think about the fact things weren't going well. So you have to get the guy back on the ice. You have to try to get the guy going again. You figure the, the, the Devils are god-awful, even though they did you know, have an offensive breakout of their previous game. That's not been their strong suit. Um, you got to play him at some point. He plays. Things are going along just fine, just fine. After a rocky start, you know, he settles in and uh, the team looks like they're steaming toward victory and Bennington will be feeling better about life and uh, maybe even have a few quips for JT in the uh, the post game. But no, no, JT, no. Yeah. Boom. You know, uh, as my old radio partner would say, and you know, not that we, you know, can talk like this anymore, but he blew up like a poisoned farm dog. He, he what? He blew up like what? A poisoned farm dog. Oh <laughs> not, that we, not that we officially feel that oh. poisoning farm dogs is a good idea. So anyway. Uh, what does that I'm even mean? I'm a dog mean? lover as is I don't know, but, but anyway. it's too early in the morning for that. We all, we all are dog lovers. But uh, yes, yeah, that, uh, uh, things fell apart uh, quickly. Myself, I was surprised, maybe very surprised. Uh, I knew they want, they would get Biddington in early and, and they needed to, but I, I was surprised that they didn't go back with who. So in my mind, I guess I'm a step beyond uh, 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 
Baruby and, and, and Armstrong. I'm thinking who shows your number one now until proven otherwise. I mean, his numbers entering the break were almost exactly like Bennington's during his cup run and points are at a premium. I mean, the blues fell in the fourth place during the all-star break because they, they didn't come back as quickly. And, and, uh, uh, even though they're winning like two out of three games at, at a pace uh, of that. So they, they need points. And this isn't the time to maybe worry about ego or how much a guy is making. This is the time to stack points because it's going to be tight from here on out. If you finish, uh, end up in wild card land and get a fourth or, or, or fifth seed, you're asking for trouble. Now, maybe eventually you're going to, you're going to get, you're going to meet trouble in, in Colorado in the playoffs, but you, you want to finish second or third and at least get, give yourself a chance, maybe get some momentum. So I, I, I was surprised, but uh, uh, Bennington's are a real issue. One of the more surprising things in my interview with Armstrong was he said, oh, I, I don't really consider him to be in a slump. And I have, I have tons of respect for Doug Armstrong in, in, in many ways, but uh, this isn't, if this isn't a slump, I don't know what a slump is now. What, what is this? 18, 18 goals in his last uh, three starts he's yeah. allowed. And Tom, the Mr. Analytics uh, uh, part of our podcast, what was his expected goals last night, Tommy? Uh, about two, a little under two was New Jersey's expected goals. And they got five uh, before the empty <laughs> netters. So I was a minus three. That's not good, him. is it? That is not good. That is not what you would ideally want. So, yeah, it, it was funny. Braden Shen, after the game last night, said, well, you know, Benner's our number one goalie, and we got to, you know, you know, stick with him. And it's like – and it, it sounded almost jarring when he said it. Like, yeah, hey, no, I mean, Billy Huso is your number one goalie. Right we now. love Braden. You know, just wanted to give him that that open palm <laughs> slap on the forehead. <laughs> what are you saying, Braden? Yeah. Well, I, I mean, it's hard to say right now that in any game, if you want to win, that you go with Ville Huso. I mean, that just seems, and even as you look at all these games and it's a, a easy opponents for the most part over the next month, but you, you want to win those games. You got to, as Jim says, you got to win those games right now. Huso's the guy that gives you a chance to win those games. Yeah. Here's a, I mean, a couple thoughts here. One, the hard part for, for Jordan, because he did not win that game. And to that point where all these points are valuable, you know, they're going to need two goaltenders in April. Could they have some back-to-backs? But we were talking before we started taping, uh, Tom and I, that uh, you really don't need, if you look at the schedule, I mean, you, you don't, there's not much of a need for two goalies until then. I mean, you know, but it does, it does down the stretch, it's going to be, you don't want to wear out your goalie for sure. You want to have him fresh, whoever that is for the playoffs. But, you know, I mean, it, it, it could be tough to find starts for, for Jordan when you look at the schedule, JT. Yeah, yeah. In uh, uh, when you looked, especially at February, you thought, well, if they wanted to, they could probably just go with with Huso. And I, I get it. They, they, uh, they, you know, maybe the the reasoning for for starting Bennington, they they want to give him confidence. New Jersey seemed like a team where you could get confidence. I know it was two years ago, but uh, the last time they played New Jersey uh, at at Enterprise, anyway. Uh, Bennington was in goal and he, he posted a shutout. They, they won three to nothing almost like two years ago to the day. I think it was February 18th, 2020. You get him in there, you get him confidence. And I still think if you get him in there, 
and he gets a win, you know, he starts to get his confidence going. And uh, I, I still think he can be, he can be salvaged, but he, again, uh, this is an exhibition season. And so uh, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, since he returned from COVID uh, and I repeat that, you know, he said he had like no, no symptoms, uh, 4.52 goals against, and uh, his save percentage, I think is eight, seven, two. So, I mean, those, those are just God awful numbers. That's eight games. I mean, so he's had mid season slumps each of the last two seasons, but nothing this deep, no, no, nothing this uh, bad. So, uh, and to me, he just doesn't look confident out there. His body language, uh, he seems surprised uh, by a lot of shots. And uh, uh, Davey Alexander, uh, I think, is very good at what he does. But he's, he, he's, he's got to get, uh, I think, more than anything, Bennington's head back. Yeah, you know, and there's talk, you know, you need to get him, you know, one, does one good game turn him around? He had that one good game against Dallas where he only allowed one goal yeah. and then came out and, and gave up six to Toronto. So uh, he's going to have to get a couple uh, games, uh, I think, good games in a row before you could see that happening. You know, you look at the next road trip, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto, Philadelphia, seems like options to play him. Philadelphia, obviously, good history there that where it all began. But Ottawa or Montreal, one of those games, other than that, you would say three of the four on that trip go to Huso, and I would expect we'll see Huso on Saturday against Chicago. I guess the one thing that uh, Doug Armstrong was hoping just to try to manage his life better was if you could get Bennington going again, and maybe even maybe he's not your guy in the, in the playoffs, but at least if he gets going to some degree um, and, and Huso doesn't have to carry the load and Huso doesn't build a, a gigantic track record down the stretch and, and Huso's not getting all this attention that maybe it might be easier to sign the guy. Uh, I don't know how many teams are going to be looking for a goaltending uh, goaltender. That market tends to be pretty weird, but it would not be outside the realm of possibility that, um, you know, in Arizona, uh, a team in a rebuild scenario uh, might, um, might not want to take a run at a young goalie to build around because, uh, you know, there probably aren't a lot of teams that would look for a young goaltender in the marketplace with a, with a one-year track record to pay real money to. But there might be. And if they could get something out of Bennington, that might mitigate that risk somewhat for the Blues. Yeah, uh, I believe uh, when I was at Arizona game two, which was Clem Costin's only other game where he scored a goal, he had two. I think the team motto is something like uh, embrace the rebuild or enjoy the re who who once tries to sell tickets on the fact that you're rebuilding your team. I mean, I can just see I'm Joe Coyote fan and in Glendale, I'm like, oh, rebuild. Let's go. Let's let's, let's buy four tickets, honey, and br bring the kiddies along. But yeah, and that, that's a good point because obviously Bill Armstrong knows a lot about Huso because he was he was running the drafts when uh, uh, when when they when they got Huso. But yeah, and the other thing is as as Huso keeps winning, and I'm sure they're going to enjoy it. His price will go up to uh, to stay with the uh, with the Blues. So. Uh, uh, it, it is a, a predicament on, on, on another level as well. But I, I, I keep going back to 1819. It's not that Jake Allen had won a cup, but he'd been a pretty successful goalie. And sooner or later they reached the point where they said, sorry, Jake, we're, we're going with this kid, uh, Bennington. And I just think they're, they're pretty much at that point. Now, 
Allen adjusted pretty well, I thought, to being the number two and, you know, starting only every other week or when there was a back-to-back. Huso uh, did that as well. And as we're seeing right now, so far, Jordan Bennington hasn't adjusted to that role. I mean, Huso did start five of the six games leading into the break. And uh, this, again, this is just uh, uh, the second game for Bennington in, in quite a while. Well, first off, Arizona doesn't have to worry, though, about selling as many tickets. They only have to sell <laughs> 5,000 uh, now a game. So it's, it's, it's a lot easier to embrace the rebuild. Yeah, that seems like a strange selling point. Um, yeah, and Jim and I were talking about this yesterday about, you know, is Hofer or the other guys in the system ready to go? And they still haven't played a lot of games. Uh, the young guys in the system. So the Blues were kind of looking at needing to keep Huso, and that would mean spending more money out of the budget on uh, on goalies uh, next season, the way Huso's playing. There's always a way to get to the number, but um, I'm, I'm sure, like you guys in your live chats, I'm going to be uh, pounded by panicked fans Um you know, lamenting the, the potential uh, quick end of the Ville Husso era in St. Louis. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, tough spot for Doug Armstrong. He likes seeing the young guy win. He likes seeing, the, you know, this team make the postseason. Uh, doesn't like what some of the complicating factors that could emerge from that um, situation, but su such is the life of a GM. Uh, right before we go, I do want to take a shot at Ken Holland again uh, with the Oilers. Um, <laughs> You know, I thought they would come out of the break and, and play real well and, and close in and maybe make the wild card race uh, better. Uh, in fact, they they played awful. And <laughs> it took Evander Kane only two games to get another coach fired, it, uh, the coach killer. I mean, it wasn't all his fault, of course, probably not even a little bit of his fault. But I will say, guys, it is shocking to see an Edmonton Oilers team with the two best players in the world just totally uncompetitive. I mean, not even close, remotely competitive. And, uh, you know, they, and what are they going to do? What are they going to, if you're Connor McDavid, and life's tough right here for Gordon Bennington, and, so, you know, there's some things to talk about. But what if you're the Oilers? That, you know, I mean, I got to get, I had to get that shot. I mean, it's, they come out of the break and uh, no, we're, we're done. We're not playing anymore. Had to fire the coach. Said they wouldn't fire the coach. Took two games, fired the coach. I mean, how is that possible? How can a team, have the two best players on the planet and just be kind of a law team. I, 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 it's mind boggling to me. Well, at some point, it, you know, the number of coaches they've gone through in Edmonton, it, it, at some point it's not the coaching anymore. You know, at some point <laughs> it's the rest of the team that you have put together that is causing problems, but because uh, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, every talk about coaches getting hired to be fired. I mean, in, in Edmonton, they just, this guy didn't work. This guy didn't work. This guy didn't work, but they don't have a team, but because uh, I haven't said it yet in this podcast, but if you look at the numbers, they're pretty close to what their <laughs> expectations were for this season. I mean, they're what they are projected at is what they were projected at before the year. So they're actually like playing the way they were expected to play, but apparently the front office's expectations were higher than what the numbers said for this team. So it's, if you're firing Tippett, it's because, the front office was thinking, well, this is going to be a great team when in fact it wasn't a great team. And speaking of one last thing, speaking of great teams, the Calgary flames, uh, our town's Matthew Kachuk just going berserk and uh, Daryl Sutter's in Daryl Sutter mode. 
He's got a good goaltender. <laughs> this good goaltender is going to play every game. Every game. He's never coming out. Back-to-backs, whatever. Back-to-backs on the road, whatever. Uh, you know, tough game the night before. Who cares? He's in. <laughs> so, and man, they are stepping on people. So, I mean, it just shows you how tough the conference could be because, yeah. uh, you know, they got all these games left and they got a lot of home games and they got a hot goalie and you got Daryl Sutter who knows how to win. And he's got the one line clicking and he's just going to ride that thing. He's not some idiot. Who's going to break up the line. To, I'm going to distribute the scoring. No, I'm just going to play the top line every shift and never take the goalie out. <laughs> Until they drop dead on the ice yeah. or, or be a, what a poison dog and blow up or whatever, <laughs> whatever you said there, Jeff, I'll just throw this in there. Last ad goalies from, from me, uh, you know, he, he had COVID, he had a, a, one or two bad games, but Charlie Lindgren is heating up in uh, Springfield. He's playing very yeah. well again. So, oh, yeah. Chucky Sideburns. Yeah. And, and Lindgren is a guy who's played enough games that could he be, if how the situation, if the Blues need a backup goalie for next season, uh, if Huso leaves and Hofer's not ready, is could Lindgren be the guy and maybe? Maybe he can. All right, two words for you for Jordan Bennington conditioning stint. Ooh. Oh, Ooh. Oh, Ooh. oh sorry about Ooh. that. All right, I'll let you. Well, well, hey, if, we, if we can see James Neal yeah. wearing a Springfield Thunderbirds, that weird little logo of the happy Thunderbird, I guess yeah. anything's possible. Yeah, it took him two weeks, but he, but he got there and is uh, about to give the AHL a try to uh, try to get back on the NHL. All right, on that note, I'll let the guys get back to work. Thanks for getting up early and taping this edition of the Net for Our Presence. A reminder that you can find all of our podcasts and our many videos uh, on our website, a redesigned website. There's lots of cool stuff there. JT and Tom will continue to grind it out on the beat. We appreciate your time, guys. Thanks for getting up early, day game after night game. Um, until next week, for, the, for JT, for Tom, I'm Jeff. See ya. See ya.